Welcome, you're listening to the second season of The Baker's Notebook, a podcast about home baking. I'm Stacy, a mom of two, and I enjoy baking with my kids when I'm not teaching biochemistry lab. And I'm Mia, a romance author and home baker. We're two longtime friends who met and bonded over the perfect apple pie. Bake along with us as we find new recipes to try. Listen as we compare notes about our successes and inevitable failures in the kitchen. Learn along with us as we become better home bakers, one delicious recipe at a time. This week, we're baking gingerbread cookies from King Arthur Baking. Bake along with us. Stacy, gingerbread cookies. Why did you choose them for our podcast this week? Because I was going to be making them. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, I mean, that's when we when we first uh, thought about doing this. It's like, well, we bake all the time. Why don't we just share what we're baking? And this is literally what we're baking, <laughs> what I'm baking, because <laughs> every year it's a tradition in our house to make cookies for Santa and leave out carrots for the reindeer. And um, it's, you know, what we've done since they the kids can remember. And mm-hmm. sometimes the cookie changes. Uh, but I discovered this a few years ago, this recipe from uh, King Arthur Baking, um, and I've, I really enjoy this gingerbread cookie. So, mm-hmm. uh, I've, I, so that's what we're making for Santa. <laughs> I love that we're making gingerbread cookies. They're so happy and very wholesome. And I like, I just, they make me really happy. They make me smile. Um, there's a few things that I wanted to look up. Uh, look up about gingerbread because I am a massive nerd and so <laughs> I wanted to look up the history of gingerbread because it's in fairy tales it appears every year you know my my kid loves the it gingerbread does appear yeah. in fi- fairy tales doesn't it it yeah. does and so I feel like it's part of our you know our cultural heritage as human beings like why what is the deal with gingerbread and why does it keep coming back every year why is it still so popular it feels like it feels like a really old-fashioned cookie And so I found this article on pbs.org about the history of gingerbread. And I'll link this to the show notes if if anyone wants to nerd out with me. (laughs) But um, if we're going way back, it says here, ginger root was first cultivated in ancient China, where it was commonly used as a medical treatment. From there, it spread to Europe via the Silk Road. During the Middle Ages, it was favored as a spice for its ability to disguise the taste of preserved meats. <laughs> oh. Henry VIII is said to have used a ginger concoction in hopes of building a resistance to the plague. Even today, we use ginger as an effective remedy for nausea and yes. other stomach ailments. Yes. Right? Yeah. I, I love the flavor of ginger. I love the smell of ginger. But I feel like gingerbread is like a different is a different air, like a different family of smells to fresh ginger. You know what I mean? Yes. I Do you think it's because of like the cinnamon and the molasses, like it's, the other things that are in there? The fact that it's and caramel, like it's caramelized. Yeah. yeah. It's very different from like the fresh ginger I grew up eating in my meals. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Um, I will go on just a little bit more if you don't mind. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I'm loving this. And you know, that's, I do use ginger for um, motion sickness. Oh, so how do you that, use it? Do you just chew on it or how well, do you use I like, your ginger? So I like eating the, um, 
in Maui, there's like a seed shop and they sell this like ginger that's been dried and then like salted. And so I stock up on that. It lasts quite, quite a long time since it's dried and salted. And I eat that like when I'm on planes, when I'm on windy roads, I just buy a bunch of it and keep it on hand. Um, my daughter will eat the pickled ginger. So oh, like from a sushi restaurant? Yes. Yeah. Like that. So she'll be like, or, you know, Yoshinoya beef bowl. It comes in like these packets. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so, so she's like, we got to go stock up at Yoshinoya. <laughs> and she'll have <laughs> packets of them and just eat the, like, and her fingers get all red from the red dye. That they're in. She yeah, just she, eats them like for fun. Oh, she would. Yeah. If I didn't say put it in the fridge because you need it for the, you know, bus ride or whatever. It's like her her Japanese roots, like she loves that ginger. Expressing themselves. Yeah. On this like pickled ginger. At at the Japanese market, she'll be like, Can we buy the container of ginger? Mm. Just to eat. Like not because we're having something else. It's just I want the container of ginger. So <laughs> yeah. Anyways, go on. Go on with your ginger. Maybe your daughter will find a jar of pickled ginger in her stocking this year for me. <laughs> So gingerbread houses in this article say um, gingerbread houses originated in Germany during the 16th century. Um, It became associated with the Christmas tradition and their popularity rose with the brothers Grimm, uh, who Mm -hmm. wrote the story of Hansel and Gretel, in which Mm -hmm. the main characters stumble upon a house made entirely of treats deep in the forest. It is unclear whether or not gingerbread houses were a result of the popular fairy tale or vice versa. Hmm. But so they didn't really say, like, why in Germany they started making these gingerbread houses? No, she covers a lot of ground in the article. But um, I remember last year we bought a kit from Trader Joe's um, because I wanted to get right to the decorating. I wanted to skip to the decorating. That kit is the best with that A-shaped house. Exactly. It's like an A-frame gingerbread house, like so structurally And it has little people. It comes with little people and a little dog. It's so cute. And a tree. It's adorable. It looks great. And I think it's from Germany. And the label on it, gingerbread house in German, everyone, is Hexen house, which sounds so metal and so cool. (laughs) And and a little bit scary. That in my, yeah, right. A witch, like a witch's hex house. Like, that's cool, man. That's so rock and roll. Anyway. That gingerbread gingerbread house house or is that the style of that A-frame house? (laughs) (laughs) It's a gingerbread house in German. Okay. I believe, unless there's a longer word. I don't know. I I don't know. But the label was Hexen House. So every time I see a gingerbread house, I go Hexen House. And then I (laughs) kind of like I headbang a little bit. But anyway, that is neither here nor there. Gingerbread (laughs) cookies. This recipe is great. I really enjoyed making this. This was a lot easier than other gingerbread um, recipes that I've used. Um, Let's walk through it. Yeah, let's let's do that. Um, So... I, this is really the only gingerbread cookie recipe I've ever used. So I don't know. I mean, I'd, I'd love to know what's different about this than, than your other experiences. But um, basically, you have to melt for this. You melt the butter together with the brown sugar and the molasses and the salt and spices. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you transfer it to your mixing bowl. And you got to let it cool for a little bit so that you don't cook your eggs, right? When you beat your eggs in. Right. I actually start with everything at room temperature. So my eggs are at room room temperature. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I, you know, put that in my mixing bowl, mix it all up. And then um, 
I also on an, in another bowl have my baking powder, a flour, and all that. And I just, I run a whisk through it and then I add it to those uh, wet ingredients. And then you basically divide the dough in half, wrap it up in some saran wrap and refrigerate it for an hour. It's kind of sticky at first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it even says, the recipe even says, um, it will be soft and sticky. Don't be tempted to add more flour. It'll firm up once it's chilled. And it does do that. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're being honest with you. Um, I refrigerate it for an hour, sometimes overnight, depending when I'm making this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but I think the key is to go for like at least an hour mm-hmm. and then, uh, you can roll it out. It, it's kind of like when you're working with, like when we were working with that, um, Rugalach dough and oh, yeah. it was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get this to roll out? And then you refrigerate it and then it's like, whoa, now it rolls out beautifully. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what happens with this dough too. Like at first you're kind of like, this is going to be hard to work with. It's too sticky. It's, but really, once it's almost liquid. Yeah. Yeah. But once it's cooled. It's like a different animal, right? And then, right. and or chilled, I should say, not just cooled. Um, and then you can roll it out. And then we cut it into fun shapes. Um, I also have a Hexen house, a gingerbread house, <laughs> um, uh, cookie cutters. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the walls, the roof, and all of that. So we use this to make, uh, we will make more than one recipe of it and use it to make our gingerbread houses. Um, would you use, would you need, those ones. do you need two, two, um, do you need two of these to make a gingerbread house? Um, it depends how big of a gingerbread house you want. Okay. Um, we, I think you could make one gingerbread house with one recipe. I think you're fine with that. Okay. Um, the other fun thing we did was we cut out things to make votive holders. So, yeah, so you cut out, you, you cut out like squares and then like take the square and like cut it across the diagonal and then that will become like, so the square is the front and then the diagonals are like what's going to hold up the square. And then what you do is in the middle of the square, you cut out a small shape Mm -hmm. and then you take Jolly Ranchers and crush them into tiny, tiny pieces and fill your shape. Mm-hmm. with the Jolly Ranchers and then you bake it all off and when you bake it the Jolly Ranchers melt into that that window mm-hmm. and then when you put a little tea light candle behind it oh, it glows cute. through and it's How so cute. cute and my kids love that because then they get Jolly Ranchers um, <laughs> do you just bake it according to this recipe like it's not extra time or less time um, well, so it all depends how small your things are. So the eight to 12 minutes, um, mm-hmm. your gingerbread house is going to take longer than 12 minutes because they're really big pieces. Got it. Got right. It. Um, and then really small pieces. I sometimes are like five minutes. So, you it know, it just depends I, on the size. It does. Yeah. The can, what I'm saying is like the candy doesn't affect. Like no, the candy, the candy will candy melt doesn't. quickly. The candy melts quickly. Okay. The candy does. Well, and the key is to crush it up really small. Got so it. put it in a baggie, get a hammer, crush it up small. This is good for holiday aggression. Yeah. Yeah. And you really want to fill it because if not, then you'll have little holes in your window. Oh, got it. I've never yeah. tried that. I've always wanted yeah. to. It works. And also if you're making your gingerbread house and you want to cut out a window in your gingerbread house and, and mm-hmm. fill it in that way, fill it in, um, you can. 
Oh, it's cute. It's fun. Although, you know, those Trader Joe's gingerbread houses are, <laughs> are pretty awesome. <laughs> Super easy. I like, well, I was going to say, I like that it's an A-frame because then yeah. it stands up pretty much on its own. And then they come with a base with slots. Like you're like, yeah. oh man. Yeah. But it's the engineering. It's, it was it's amazing engineering. Um, <laughs> we, we, we get this. I think what happened was last year, we, we didn't get a chance to get it. So it's kind of like, uh, we have to make gingerbread houses from scratch. <laughs> what? Um, but I, you know, this recipe worked. So it, it's, it's all good. I um, like that. Well, for me, I made this recipe and I chilled the dough for, uh-huh. you know, I did it overnight. And so, yeah. you know, if you're, if you're planning to do this with kids, because it's awesome. Um, you can do the kind of mixing and dough making, you know, the day before and have them do the fun part, which is rolling out, cutting and decorating. Yeah. So what kind of shapes did you guys do? I just did a gingerbread man shape. Oh. <laughs> I kept you know, it really simple. I don't think we do much gingerbread men shape. <laughs> <laughs> person. So you kept I it classic. Person. Yeah. The, gingerbread person. True. The thing that I did also that was different from the recipe is number one, I did not have enough molasses for this recipe. It's <gasps> three quarters of a cup. So what did you do? See, I had a jar in my cabinet, but I never used molasses for anything but gingerbread. So I didn't know how much I had in it because I hadn't seen it since last year. But uh-huh. I had half a cup of molasses and I did, um, I made up the difference with a quarter cup of honey oh. and it was perfect. They yeah. tasted great. You know, that's um, great. Another thing I didn't have enough of was cinnamon, which is kind of a big deal for gingerbread. <gasps> and so I, I looked at all the other spices and I realized that I had a jar of pumpkin spice. So oh, there you go. It was the same thing. I just used four and a quarter teaspoons of pumpkin spice. So if you have that left over from any of your autumn baking, that works just great. And the flavor of the gingerbread was perfect with the honey and the pumpkin spice. So you use the pumpkin spice instead of the cinnamon and ginger com- and clove combination. Exactly. I see. I see. Because that's pretty much what pumpkin spice is. It was. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. So those were really good workarounds. I thought so, especially since I was baking late at night and I didn't want to go to the store. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, and the flavor of the gingerbread is great. It was so delicious. Um, I wanted to know what the consistency of your bake was because my cookies, I cooked them at different times, 8, 9, 10, 11 minutes, and they all kind of just were soft, softish. They weren't crispy. They didn't snap. And I like them soft, but maybe people want them to be a little bit harder. Like, how do you, how do you do this? Like about what thickness do you roll them if you want that? Because I was at, I don't know, maybe one sixth of an inch, something like that. And they were all soft. I don't know what the deal is. Maybe it was the honey. Maybe it was the honey because Hmm. mine are, mine were not soft. Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't say that they were soft. So. I mean, they still held the shape, but they were cakier than the kind you would buy in the store that go that are crisp. Yeah, they're not ginger snaps. Mm-hmm. They're not ginger snaps, but I, I, I would definitely. I I don't know. I wouldn't say that they're cakey though. Yeah, mine were cakey. They were delicious, but they weren't. <laughs> they weren't hard or crispy like, or like, snappy. Like put it this way. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, for the house, uh, the you, you cut a rectangle, but your edges are never like after baking; they're kind of like never perfectly straight, right? Mm-hmm. 
Right. So I take the microplane grater and I shave the edges so that they're perfectly straight. And so the cookie is a cookie enough that I can shave my edges. Like it's wood. Yes. Okay. That's what I'm basically doing is I'm sanding my cookie. And I also do that for the votives because I want nice squares. And then my uh, triangles to, mm-hmm. to line up against that, I have to shave them a little bit. See, so I do what that. What I do is I use, I use the cutter. Like, you know, when, when you take the cookie out of the oven, if it's spread, I just use the cutter and slam it down again. Oh, that's smart. But I think that if you're doing like finer construction work, the microplane is genius. I've never thought of that before. But my point of saying that was to tell you know that that's the texture of the cookie though. Right. I, I can shave it with this microplane zester. And it so, doesn't and it doesn't crumble or anything. No, I get like these beautiful crumbs which I always intend I my intentions are good. And I say I'm going to bag these up and use them next time I make a cookie crust cuz they're like oh. perfectly sh- and then they sit in this bag for a while and then I go uh, I don't think these are good anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to toss them because they're so tasty. You don't want to because it's them so away. tasty. I know yeah. it's so tasty, but I ha- so I have these really nicely shaved <laughs> sawdust of uh, gingerbread, <laughs> but it does. It makes like what looks like sawdust. Mm-hmm. So mine is pretty cookie. <laughs> like <laughs> I'll try to make it again with just the molasses because maybe the honey yeah, changed the consistency. I wonder if that's what it was. I wonder if that's what it was. It was um, so tasty. It was so good, though. Oh, man. And then did you – what did you do to decorate? Did you buy frosting? I'm guessing you didn't because you're you. Um. <laughs> I used this as an opportunity to try a recipe that I wanted to try for a long time. And so, uh, you know, on, on this podcast, we're big fans of, of the Great British Baking Show. Yes. And one of my favorite competitors from a past season is Kim Joy. Mm-hmm. And Kim Joy was really amazing at her um, icing skills. Like she made these really beautiful designs with just royal icing. And so I looked up her recipe for royal icing. I have a couple of her cookbooks. And I saw that she included a recipe for vegan royal icing. Mm-hmm. Now, traditional royal icing uh, uses egg whites that, mm-hmm. you know, it they're unpasteurized. And so I have a little one and that always made me kind of nervous to feed her raw mm-hmm. eggs. And I know that you can buy products like meringue powder. And mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if royal icing works with pasteurized egg. I, I haven't tried it, but I mean, those, those egg whites always made me nervous. So her vegan recipe for royal icing, and I highly recommend it, um, is to replace whatever the egg whites are in the recipe with Chickpea water, canned chickpea water. The fancy word for this substance is aquafaba, but it's basically buy a can of chickpeas, drain it, and use that water instead. Have you okay. ever have you ever worked with this before? This I've ingredient? heard of it, and I've mm-hmm. never done it. I was amazed. It worked exactly like traditional egg whites. Apparently, you can do the same thing with meringues. You can make vegan meringues with just this chickpea water. Who would have thought it? That's interesting. Behaves exactly like egg whites when you combine it with sugar and try to make meringue type stuff. And since it, I'm guessing it doesn't have a taste. It just tastes like sugar. Yes, there is. There is no. There is no hummus flavor. (laughs) 
Here's Which a hummus is what I, I was like, boy, yum. Yeah. No, it, there's no flavor. Um, I added a few drops of almond extract because I like it. Ah, oh, yeah. And so, uh, hold on. It's not even my dog. It's the neighbor's dog. <laughs> so, but you could have added vanilla extract if you wanted to, right? Yeah, you could. And I know that there are clear vanilla essences if you don't want to affect the color of your mm. white real icing. But this, the egg white replacement of aquafaba, it blew my mind because it behaved exactly like regular royal icing. Wow, that's really cool. And so you could pipe it and it, it flowed through the piping bag just like a regular royal icing would? Just like a regular royal icing, it That's dried really the same way. Everything was the same as if you were using the traditional egg white um, royal icing. And it, you know, I'm not afraid of salmonella. <laughs> well, that's really good to know. And um, for people who want to do it that way, that's great. Uh, and if and you can go make hummus. <laughs> I, exactly. I have a, uh, you know, I, I agree with you that it is a little concerning to use these raw, um, non-pasteurized egg, eggs. Um, I, I happen to have a, a, a sous vide, um, the, the water bath cooker thing. So I can pasteurize my own eggs, <laughs> but that's, that's a whole different story. And I do that when we make like eggnog and stuff although somebody pointed out well if you put enough alcohol in the eggnog maybe that doesn't even matter right but i'm still like <laughs> i'm still going with the pasteurization and the alcohol um but for for royal icing i was kind of like you know what i have this friend um on instagram she's judy birdie she makes the most amazing cookies you've ever seen her artwork is just awesome and she's she's a working mom and her job is not making cookies she has a totally <laughs> different occupation it's it started off as a hobby and she is just amazing at making these cookies um and so now she does you know sell them on the side occasionally and it's just amazing what she does and both of her kids are just amazing artists so you know that there's just that art in in them um and i asked her like what do you do for this royal icing? And she says, I use meringue powder. Mm. And so I was like, well, if, if it's good enough for her, mm -hmm. it's good enough for me. So, and then actually the, um, the gingerbread recipe that King Arthur Baking Company gives you, if you link on that recipe to royal icing, their recipe does use meringue powder. Mm -hmm. And that you can find at craft stores like Michael's. Mm -hmm. um, and you can use your, you know, 40% off coupon on it and, <laughs> and, um, you can also find it on Amazon and things like that. So between the chickpea water or the, um, <laughs> meringue powder, I think that's both good options, um, to make sure that you have food safety in your house. Exactly. We try to be as safe as possible. We don't want to make Santa sick. No, he's got a lot of deliveries to make. He's busy. Exactly. But overall, I think, um, uh, would we say that this is definitely a keeper recipe? That I think, yeah, definitely. And even more of a keeper, something that I would bring out every year and make because it's so easy and it tastes great.
Mia, what are we baking next week? Next week, we are baking breakfast casserole from Reddit's Old Recipes. Thanks for baking along with us this week. For links to the recipes and other notes, please check out our website, www.thebakersnotebook.com, or follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Baker's Notebook. You can leave us a voice message on our website if you'd like to be featured on the show. If you bake any of these recipes, please make sure to tag us on social media. We'd love to see what you create. Until next time, happy baking! Shh.